Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to episode one of the Trust Home Podcast. I'm your host, Moy Rivas, also known as B-Boy Moy. Today's topic, life obstacles. How do we deal with them? How do we navigate around, around them? Are they ever going to stop? Do they just keep coming? What the hell do we do, right? Um, something that, first off, something that really just got to me about this topic is that, you know, Growing up as a kid, I, I, I don't want to say that I've had this terrible life and I don't want to say that, that I had this amazing life. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it was definitely a rocky road. And where I am at today, you would think that certain things would change or certain things will stop. But that doesn't really happen. You, you kind of have to learn to deal or cope with certain things. And, and these things that we wake up for every single day, the, these goals that we set and everything that we aim super high, right? Our dreams, everything that we put in place to chase and to accomplish one day. Somehow, no matter what, they will always be attacked and you will always be attacked. You will always be put in this state of like, dang, why does this keep happening? And every time, every time you feel like you're just about to get over that slump or just overcome, something else happens. How many of you guys have ever felt like, especially in, 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 from a financial standpoint where it's just like, man, it's good. I just got out of debt. I paid this. I paid that. Boom, 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 boom. And then, and then you got some money coming in and all of a sudden you feel good. You feel like, all right, now I'm on the right trajectory. I'm running. I'm on the right path. I'm about to get there. And then all of a sudden... Bam, something else comes. You got to help somebody or some unexpected bills or something happens to your car or something happens to your home or something happens to something that puts you back on the same path that you were on. Those are things that are, I know that may be a simple thing, but that we can still overcome, but those are things that are going to keep happening. It happens to everybody. And that's what I'm saying. Going Dating back and going back to from when I was a kid until now, you would think that certain things would change, but they don't. You got to find a way to manage things better and, and, and find a way to get over these humps or these obstacles, right? So life is going to be crazy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to throw a bunch of different things at us. But the, I guess the, the, the goal is how, how do we get around them? How do we navigate them, right? Because I personally don't think they'll ever stop. I just think that you have to position yourself to believe that something good will come from it. And for me personally, of everything that I've ever dealt with, of everything, and we'll, we'll dive into, into some of the, my personal life experiences, right? And I'll share those and I'll get as intimate as I can with you with them. But no matter what, every time I've dealt with something, it hurts and there's nothing that you can do about it. it, it it's frustrating, it's annoying, it's painful. But one thing I've always looked towards trying to find that special place, right? That place of comfort, the place of security, the place of love. And, and I would look to these places to find a little bit of joy. I didn't need all the joy. I just needed a little bit to kind of get me through what I was going through. Because the more I sat and put myself in a place where I just kept dwelling on all the bad that was happening, the more I kept putting myself into a much deeper hole. And I know that a lot of you guys tuning in, I know a lot of guys tuning in, you guys do that. 
right? We're human being. We all do that. And if you if you don't do that, I think that I think that you're lying, right? Because you have to be aware of these things, right? Mental health is a real thing and it's affecting a lot of lives out there. So you have to be aware of the things that are happening good and bad, but really focus on those good things. Even if you have 10 things, right, that are going on all at the same time and nine out of those 10 are really bad, but you have this one special thing that really stands out to you. Hyper-focus on that one thing. That is what always helped me come up on top through all my life experiences and all these obstacles that have been thrown at me. I've always focused on this one thing that allowed me to just to elevate. I didn't need to be sitting on top of a mountain. I just needed to be elevated just a little bit to get on top and feel like, okay, now I'm good. Now I can navigate through this. And now I can work confidently. Now I can accomplish confidently. Now I can move confidently and get to where I want to get to. Because if I fo- focus on all those other nine things, it was going to be very difficult for me to get to where I want to get to. And that's why... I wanted to build this podcast, this trust home podcast. That way you and I could connect at a deeper level on how we can deal with these type of issues, right? And for some, it may mean nothing. But to me personally, man, this was tough. Because for me, I'm a person with a big heart. I, I want to help people. And, and if if my well-being is being affected every single day and is being attacked with a lot of negativity and a lot of things that are being thrown at me, it's going to be difficult for me to help because I first have to help myself to be able to help somebody else. And I know that a lot of you guys feel the exact same way. A lot of us, we go to sleep dreaming big. We wake up dreaming big, hoping and wishing that we can do this for our parents, hoping and wishing that we can do this for our friends or family or Just somebody that you believe in, you want to be able to give and pour into them. But sometimes we get so distracted with all these negative things that keep coming at us. And it doesn't allow us to flourish in the areas that we go to sleep thinking about and dreaming about. And so with today's topic, life obstacles, we're going to dive deep into some of my personal ones that have affected me in, in, in ways that it could have been very, very bad. And maybe some days were. But regardless of what I dealt with, I've always ended up on top. And it's because I've truly believed in that one or those two little things that really gave me the joy. Remember, I didn't need all the joy. I just needed a little ounce of joy. I didn't need to be on top of the mountain. I just needed to just be climbing. And no matter how long it took me to get there, I knew that I was in a place that I was where able to navigate to security or comfort or peace or love. And, and that's what I want to share with today. So um, I, want to, I want to go back a little bit um, because this one's definitely going to hit home for me. But when I was about 13, 14 years old, uh, this was a pretty difficult time in my life. I was uh, living with my mom and my dad um, along with uh, one of my brother's um, I have three older brothers and one older sister, but by this time, it was just me, uh, one of my brothers, and my mom, and my dad. And my parents were going through so many different things. And um, personally, I, I've always picked up on a lot of things that, that happened around me as a kid. And I was I was pretty smart. I, I was able to put a lot of the, the, the pieces of the puzzle together and, and kind of figure it out. I'll, I've always 
felt like I was this intelligent kid and and always had it figured out whether I did or I didn't. I've always was confident that I that I did and and so I knew that some of the things that my parents were dealing with that it just wasn't good. Obviously, none of us ever want our parents to split up or fight or do anything of that nature, but I saw it a lot. Almost almost every day, I saw it. And um, it was difficult, you know? It was, it was super difficult to, to be able to deal with that because you... Uh, you want the best, right? You want the best for your family and you want to find a way to to get out of it and you want them to get out of it. Well, long story short, um, my dad ended up leaving my mom and keep in mind, I, I, uh, I saw these people as some of the strongest people on the planet. You know, I've always, everything that they've ever taught me, everything that they ever showed me, I've always felt these guys, these guys, these people, my parents were, uh, just built to hold anything and uh, take on any battle and not nowhere ever be destroyed spiritually, physically, mentally, all of the above. And so uh, when I was about 13, 14 years old, my dad ended up leaving my mom. One of the toughest things ever because, you know, as a teenager, you want your... Uh, you know, your parents to be there. And uh, for me, you know, being a boy, a male, you know, you always want to look up at your dad as kind of this father figure and someone that's there to guide you. And I love my dad very much. And it, it was it was tough to deal with, but it was one of those things that I've, I, I had to just grow up really, really fast and, and figure things out. Now, through this dark period of where my dad left, I did have a lot of animosity and frustration toward him. Did I hate my dad? Absolutely not. How could I hate my dad? That's just impossible. We never know the things that they're dealing with, right? But the only thing that I've ever felt was just like, how could he do this to us? How? I don't understand. How, how is my mom gonna make it? You know, because my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She was a housewife. She took care of us. And my dad was the provider. And so immediately I could have let that take me to a place where um, I'm just not going to do nothing. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to do things that get me in trouble and all of the above. Especially coming from the neighborhood that I come come from, right? I come... I don't come from the the prettiest and I don't come from the scariest neighborhood, but I do come from a very rough neighborhood in Houston. And um, of course, everything around me was just negative activity, drug activity, gang activity, all of the above, you name it. And I saw it early. I saw it as a, as a kid very, very early. And so um, everything just wasn't right for my environment. Home wasn't good. It just wasn't. Uh, but I... I either let that put me in a hole or I find a way to come out on top. And I guess luckily for me at that time, I was uh, I was at a middle school talent show 
didn't want to be there. I had a, had a gun on me that day uh, in school, middle school, because I, uh, I had a friend. His name was George, and he was going through some things at school, and he was, he was deep, heavy, involved in, in gangs and a lot of different things. And George really respected me, you know, because um, even though I've always felt like I was a good kid, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, you know, I was never a punk. I was never afraid of, of people. I was, my parents never taught me to be afraid of people, like just be afraid of anything, really. So I was never afraid of anything. I was just always, at least I thought, right? I might have been afraid of a lot of things, but at, at this point, I just, that's all I knew was just not to be afraid. And so he, uh, he was going through some things at school and was like, hey man, I have this pistol on me and uh, I know you're not 100% about this life, but uh, I need you to hold it for me because I got this, this class that I have to go through. I think it was some type of like a detention class that he had to be in where where he was already in trouble and people of the school, they, they search you and they do all this other stuff. And so uh, I end up, he said I was only supposed to hold it for a class. I ended up holding it up for the whole day. It was one of the scariest things ever because I, you know, I've always did well in school. So even though I was involved in all this crazy mess, my environment was good. Home wasn't good. I, I was involved in a lot of mess, right? Like I had, to, everything was messy around me. And so, but I've always tried to be on a path just to do well in school, and 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 I was I was always a straight A honor roll student uh, because that was kind of an outlet for me. I wanted to do well somewhere. Uh, so George had me hold this gun, this pistol, and I had it with me the whole day, the entire day. Uh, it, as crazy as it was, it was the day of this crazy talent show. So I had a couple friends invite me to this talent show. And uh, they invited me. I didn't want to go. <laughs> um, they they fought for me to go. And it was at the end of the day. So I'm just like, no, I got in my mind. I'm like, I got to get with George. I got to get him this pistol. I don't want to go somewhere else with a lot of people when I have this, you know, on my hip. And so um, I was kind of forced to go. And, you know, I guess I had something to do with it, too, because they told me that girls were going to be there. So at this point, you know, I'm a teenage boy and I'm just like, all right, trying to holler at girls or whatever or secretly holler at girls. I don't know. I, I don't know what I was doing at the time. <laughs> but uh, they told me girls were going to be there. I was like, all right, let's go. And I said, but on one condition, I'm going to sit at the back of the auditorium because if something goes down, I need to bounce. I need to leave. Somehow I end up staying through the entire show. Um and at the end of the show, uh, the lights go out, dancers come out, and I'm just blown away. I see uh, a bunch of dancers, all b-boys, all b-boys coming out, and they're spinning on their hands, spinning on their backs, on the, just getting down, right, breaking. And uh, I immediately had a connection with it because my brother used to do it in the 80s, but from this point on, I fell in love with something that really redirected my life at the right time. Um, this is all in the midst of my parents splitting up, a lot of things happening, um, and dancing came around. And, um, I remember going home that day, uh, there was a few stores that were a few blocks away from my mom's house. I went, I went to the dumpsters. I picked up all the biggest cardboard that I could find, um, went back home. 
Like, think about a little kid, man, 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid uh, just walking around. I was somewhere between 12 and 14, but I think I was 12 or 13. But I was walking around the neighborhood with these big old boxes. And then I get home. and My mom's looking at me like, what's going on? What are you doing? And I just set up uh, these boxes in the back. And I laid them out. And I didn't know where to start, but I started. And it was the best decision I've ever made uh, at the time. Right? We all make better decisions along the road and through our journeys. But it was one of the best decisions I ever made because I, I needed it. I could have dove headfirst into a lot of negative things. And, and it's like God placed this at the right time. And I started doing it. And it started to fill a void that really needed to happen for my life. So regardless of all these things that were happening around me, that one thing allowed me to overcome the next few years of my life. Dancing was the one thing that allowed me to overcome. I hyper-focused on it and I got really good at it and I trained every single day. I didn't let nothing get in the way. Schoolwork, nothing. I made sure that was done so my mom wouldn't have to tell me, is your homework done? Nothing. I didn't let nothing get in the way because I wanted a break. And that's what made me get so good at it so early. And this time period of my you know my dad being gone and I'm not talking about one or two years I'm talking about years again between 13 14 to like about I was 19 20 years old dancing was the one thing that I could focus on to to really put me in a place to come out on top and if it wasn't for finding, breaking, and discovering dancing, um, I wouldn't be successful in a lot of things that I do, right? But there was a million negative things that were happening around me. So, so many, so, so many that I could have easily been torn to pieces. And certain days, as I mentioned, I was, I was, I was, I was devastated. There were certain days where you thought the worst, I thought the worst. But I found a way to overcome by hyper-focusing on this one thing. And that's one of my life obstacles where, you know, do you let everything that's happening around you, all these negative things kind of tear you down? You don't. Focus on one. All you need is one thing that you love and you pour everything into it. And I'm telling you, it's guaranteed to help you feel accomplished. It's guaranteed to navigate you home it's guaranteed to put you in a place where you need to be all it just takes is just a little focus a little time a little energy just to completely look into that and do it that was one one of my first and toughest life experiences as a kid or life obstacle as a kid that i had to deal with extremely extremely tough Fast forward 19, 20 years old. I'm actually uh, living in LA at the time. I, uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm. My mom is alone. My brother is about to get married. I'm, I'm by myself. I have to figure out how to live, right? I didn't have really nobody helping me out. You know, shout out to my older brother Julio and his wife uh, Vero, my brother Gabriel, my brother Maurice. Uh, they've all helped me in their own ways. 
but it still wasn't enough to help me live. And so um, I wanted to go to L.A. to, you know, try this this entertainment world. Right. So I took my talent again. Keep in mind that throughout this time, I'm devoting everything I got into breaking. I'm I'm, I'm getting really, really good really fast. And so someone tells me about L.A., I go out there and I try to do my thing. That was one of the toughest things that I had to deal with, too, because I had to leave my mom behind. And as scary as it was, she understood. She understood that I had to make this leap because I was a young boy becoming a man and I have to figure out how to take care of myself. But most importantly, something that maybe she realized or maybe she didn't realize, my number one goal with that was just to always find a way to take care of her. That was always my number one goal um, as a kid. And so everything that I've ever had and worked for as a kid was to take care of my mom. And at some point when I got married to take care of my wife and my kids and to be there for them, that was another obstacle in itself because that's, that's a personal thing that we, that I dealt with or that we deal with, right? Is when you kind of have a, have to make this crazy decision based on what you think is right, even though it may seem wrong to other people. My mom at some point thought it was wrong because I was leaving her, but I was really trying to explore options on how I can help her more. And I knew that being in the hood and being in Houston and dealing with everything that I had around me wasn't going to be the answer. It wasn't going to be the answer, right? You know, I was winning little dance contests here in Houston for like 50 bucks, but come on, man, that wasn't going to do anything. So I moved to L.A. Uh, you know, some of my first roommates were, you know, uh, B-Boy Stilo, Dunok, uh, my boy Jimmy, Jason. And, you know, that was always my mixed crowd. And so um, if they ever tune into this podcast, they'll, they'll, they'll hear their name. Uh, shout out to Gilbert and JP. These are people that helped me when I moved to L.A. as well. But um, when I moved there, that was tough. I think I had like two or three thousand dollars saved from, you know, working little jobs here and there in Houston. And, um, you know, in L.A., that's that's like a month's rent. So I was like living off of like nothing. Uh, fast forward. It was still tough during these times, but um, when I was about 20 years old, uh, my mom called. It was super early in the morning, and I, I recently shared the story on my on my personal Instagram, B-Boy Moy, uh, about this tattoo I got on my leg uh, about my dad coming back. So I don't want to share the story here. Go and read about it, right? Go to my personal IG and go and read about it. But, you know, my mom gets a call, and my, my dad's coming back, and... Um, I immediately, no matter what I had going on, I knew it was time to come home. I gave up everything that I had, my apartment. I mean, I found someone to take over, but I actually left my car. I had a Nissan, 2002 Nissan Xterra. Uh, I actually left it in LA for six months. I didn't even care about it. I went back eventually to go pick it up, but I didn't even care about it because all I cared about was my dad coming back to my mom and went came home um was the best feeling ever right just my mom always believed that would happen and i always believe that would happen too and so seeing them come back together was another one of those kind of joyful moments that allowed me to overcome other things that i picked up along the way that i was dealing with but uh um uh, you know that that's a story that 
that a lot of people don't know. And I and I, I summarize it in a way that you guys can connect with it, right? Because that's a true story. Because in the midst of like the late 90s and early 2000s, me as a b-boy, people always saw all these events that I did, all these competitions I was doing and me traveling, but I was going through so much. People had no idea the things that I was dealing with. At this time, I'm living in Houston. I'm trying to, you know, do the things that I love to do and pursue the things that I want to pursue. And I did a lot of different things, right? I did a lot of different things. And so between like, you know, 2003 up until like literally 2007, 2008, um, it, it was a very up and down roller coaster. Still trying to cope with my emotions with my dad coming back even though he completely apologized and accepted everything that I did and was that was one of the best feelings ever but this thought still runs in your mind it's like why why did you leave why did you put me for 6 7 years in this state of mind where I have to figure things out by myself that was that was tough that was extremely tough but it is what it is i didn't i didn't want to uh I didn't want to keep living there, right? That that's not that wasn't home for me. It was just a, a bad experience, a bad place, you know. And for some of you guys that are dealing with a lot of the, those those obstacles that that fall into the nature of those things that I mentioned, uh, you know, sometimes they last a day, sometimes they last a month, sometimes they last years. These things will continue to come one way or another you have to learn how to navigate you got to learn how to find comfort in the things the people the places that make you feel at home and that's where trust home comes from right is because that's those are the things that, that that allowed me to overcome these things you know um trust me i summarize that so much I can dive way, way deeper, but I promise that I'd keep this podcast to a certain length. Um, and we have to continue to to look and search for these places. Whatever these places are for you that make you happy, focus there. Don't focus anywhere else. Because it's easily, easily, easy for us to get distracted. It's super easy. It's a thing that's just there. You give it time, grabs a hold of you, and you're done. You might let it jab you up a little bit. You might let it jab you up a little bit, but just fight it off. Fight it off. Go to that one thing, those two things that make you extremely happy. And I promise you, I promise you, that's the number one way to overcome something. All it takes is just a little bit of joy, a little bit of the mountain just a little bit you don't need it all we grew up in this life one wanting it all wanting everything wanting all the money wanting all the opportunities wanting that that doesn't mean anything all you need is a little bit of something to get you across it across and through the day all you need is a little bit of something fast forward i share another uh, uh life experience with you guys uh, 
about late 2014, early 2015, um, this was a very, very tough, tough year. Um, this was a, a time where um, my daughter Bella was diagnosed with autism, right? Um, nobody wants their kids being affected by anything. It could be the cold. It could be a scrape on their knee. It could be anything. Nobody wants their children to be affected in these ways. That was tough. It was uh, tough news. Mostly tough for my wife, Roxanne. Because at this point, I've already endured a lot. She had not endured as much as I've endured. And so I've always been the, the sense of strength at home. And um, I had to be there for her. And I had to be there for my daughter and my son. But th at this point, it was, you know what, it got me to a point where it was like, again. And, you know, I started to think negative for just a few minutes. Literally, that's just a few minutes. And then I said, you know what, we're going to get her everything that she needs. All the best therapies, all the best attention, all the best everything. Whatever that I can give, I'm going to give. And whatever my wife can give, she's going to give. And the people around us who are surrounded us that we call home, whatever they can give, I know they'll be there to give. And we found a way to overcome by focusing on believing that there was a purpose and a reason why she was diagnosed with autism. Not to affect her, but to impact us as parents in a way that it will shape us to be stronger much more loving and caring people, right? Because we endured a lot. It's easily for us to attract hate and anger and bitterness because of the things that we dealt with. But I truly believe that the reason and the purpose why my daughter was diagnosed is to build us up to become more loving, patient, and caring people. And I focused on that. I focused on that so heavy that it allowed me to be an advocate for her. I would do battles wearing... You know, everything that represented her. Because I wanted to showcase people how proud I was of being a parent of, of an autistic little girl. Of a kid with a disability. I wanted to be proud. My wife started a, um, a company, Made Bright Creations, that uh, creates handmade products. To bring awareness and to use that platform to bring awareness to the things that she does. Right? To at some point maybe convert that company that my daughter can take over at some at some point and and she's able to manage it and experience it because she has seen us deal with it and grow it and that was an obstacle that 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 was very tough because you know along with her diagnosis she was born with one kidney uh, she had been through multiple surgeries uh, with her hearing. Um, she had been through so many different things that were really just trying to knock us down. But all we focused on was the purpose of just trying to become better, loving and caring and patient parents and people by this special little girl, my daughter Bella. And when we focus on that, it really helps us overcome everything that is coming our way. I don't know how many times... Uh, we've been to the hospital with this little girl so many times. 
Uh, and, you know, there was even a later story, uh, you know, that happened in uh, late 2017 when, you know, we almost lost her because she was uh, diagnosed with meningitis. She had caught meningitis. Uh, I want to say it was late November. No, late December of 2017. And um, it was tough. We were in ICU at Texas Children's Hospital and uh, she was battling for her life. We didn't know what hit her, and we were in the hospital for about ten days. Uh, and 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 keep in mind, even even through this, we've seen kids that were passing away right before our eyes that were literally beds next to my daughter. And you could easily be in like a state of mind where I'm just like, man, is my daughter next? No, it's not. It's not. Because we believe that that she will be healed. We, we believe that she was going to be better. And she's already endured a lot. This is not planned for her life right now. Right? And we just kept focusing. We kept focusing on, on just love, uh, prayer. We, we focused on, on patience and, and the people that we were built to become. Or that, we're, that, that everything happening was building us. For us to become these greater people, right? With all these things. That was late 2017. I'm going to go back to uh, 2015. Because the year my daughter got diagnosed was also the year both of my parents uh, got diagnosed with cancer. First, my dad. Um, extremely, extremely tough. I want to say it was September of 2015. Um, I could be wrong. But September of 2015, uh, my dad was diagnosed Um with, uh, I want to say it was stage four lung cancer or yeah, kidney, kidney cancer eventually spread to the lungs. And, um, you know, he was battling out for months trying to deal with this. And we, as a family were battling for months trying to deal with this fast forward to the, to, to December of 2015. Um, I was on the road on tour doing shows with uh, Monster Energy and uh, I, I I get a call and um, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And I'm just like, how's this happening? Why? I do so much good for a lot of people. My parents do so much good for a lot of people. Is that why does this happen? So I remember sleeping in my room out of town and I start just thinking and praying and I'm just like, this can't take me down. This can't take me down. I've been through so much already. This, There's no way. And they've been through so much already. It was extremely, extremely tough. But I started to focus on everything that we were building at the time. Break free, uh, my wife's business, uh, building up my daughter, building up my son, uh, my parents. They they were almost the least affected by it emotionally or spiritually. We, we as a family were affected the most. But we just focused in, man. We focused in on what we believe in. We focused in on praying. We focused in on all those good things that... We know that can help us overcome these things. It was a long battle. Months of battling. 
from my mom and my dad. My dad ended up passing away uh, in May of 2016. And uh, it was tough. You know, keep in mind at this time too, you know, being a, a competitive or really active b-boy in the scene, you know, you still have to travel to events. Everything that I've ever built was based off what I did in breaking, my income, everything. So I still had to work. I still had to do everything that I want to do. And, uh, you know, my dad dealing with all that and and then him passing away was tough. You know, I wanted to quit a lot of things. But I did it. I kept fighting because all I could think about was my dad was, you know, he always used to tell me to not ever give up on anything, no matter how hard it got. We're built for this. We're stronger than it. And um, that's all I could think about. You know, I would focus on the good things. And um, as corny as it sounds, man, it it, it helps. And I, I overcame a lot. Overcame a whole lot. And then I started to focus on my mom, you know, because my mom was still here. And that was a good thing to focus on, right? Because even though my dad was gone, I still have my mom. And even though she was going through her, her bit of battling cancer, um, I still had to focus on helping her and making sure she was good. In my own ways, of course, my brother and my sisters and surrounding family, my wife and kids, of course, we all have our own ways of trying to help her. But, you know, everybody has their own personal ways of doing things. And so I started to focus on that and that made me happy. That made me overcome. That made me work extra hard. Losing my dad was definitely a turning point in the success of Break Free and the success of my breaking career and the success of a lot of things that I do because it allowed me to pivot to my mom who was still here, my daughter who was still battling. And those things took me to a level of success that nobody could even imagine, not even that I could imagine. Um, and, you know, it was tough. So after losing my dad in, you know, May 2016, you know, my mom's battling, you know, for the next year or so. And, uh, you know, I'm still out there actively competing and performing and teaching and coaching and all of the above and building break free and dealing with my own things at home and so much more that um, uh, I remember, you know, getting the opportunity to do BC1 at the time and you know, I'm 34 years old at the time. Uh, I'm probably one of the oldest competitors to probably do BC1 at the time. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has now, but for me, I wanted to take the shot again, you know, and um, I could have easily just said no. I could easily said no because, you know, my mom could go any second. It wasn't any day. It was any second that my mom can go. And so I went out there. I ended up losing first round. Uh, in in the competition, but I had a blast, man. I had a blast because I was able to bring the best version of myself regardless of everything that I was dealing with. I was still able to bring the best version of myself regardless of everything that I was dealing with. I was so happy. Being 34, the diagnose, going through the diagnosis of my daughter, losing my dad, 
the diagnosis of my mom and her battling and knowing that her she can be gone in a second. Just having this opportunity. And it wasn't even about BC1. It wasn't even about an event, but just the opportunity to, to get down on a big stage in front of a lot of people is something that made me feel happy. And that let me or put me in a position to overcome a lot of things. I'm telling you, it doesn't take much. All it just takes is a little bit. That's it. Just a little bit. And you can do it. And I remember losing there and still feeling super pumped up about it. Um, I remember being backstage, and this is the one that uh, B-Boy Menno won uh, in Amsterdam, this this BC1. And I remember, and he was, you know, feeling gassed out, and he was backstage, you know. And uh, I was so pumped up for him, man, because he was moving into the finals. And I go up and, and I talk to him, and he was like, he was like, bro, I'm tired. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I said, you know what, man? You already won. You already won, I told him. I said, you got your wife and your daughter right there watching you. You know, because all I could think about was, I didn't have that there. I said, you already won. I said, go do it for them. And he ended up winning. And, you know, that makes me emotional for him because he didn't even know the things that I was dealing with at the time. You know, going through everything that I have with my daughter. You know, thinking about my wife at home and the things that she has to deal with and, and having to deal with someone like me who's probably going through all types of emotional roller coasters because of everything that I have to kind of endure. And of course, knowing that my mom can literally go uh, any second. And so I just motivated him and he went out there and won. And I, I don't, I don't want to say that that's the reason why he won because he's an amazing, amazing breaker, but I just wanted to be there for a sense of encouragement and just to reinforce what he was there to do. And I, and I, I felt like I did a little piece of my job to just reinforce some encouragement to him because, you know, in our community, we don't do that enough. Everybody wants to be on top. Everybody wants to be sitting at the highest of levels. I'm over there praising another man, trying to help him overcome an obstacle that he was facing at that very moment. It's like, how do I get through this? And I was there just to kind of re reinforce his journey just for a second, 10 seconds or whatever it was. I remember coming back home and I was super pumped up about everything. Uh, we had a freestyle session, a big event in LA coming up, um, world championship. And we ended up doing it with the Monster Energy team. And um, we had a crazy, crazy uh bracket and long story short we ended up going to this competition facing some of the toughest opponents and still dealing with everything that I was dealing with uh with my mom she was still here um forgot to mention that even through this period I had a torn hamstring and I'm still battling I'm still being stubborn and still wanting to get down and I remember my leg was so chunky so fat because I could barely move it but I just wanted I, I wanted to get through it, right? If my if my parents battled so much worse, why can't I battle through an injured leg? And I did, and I remember we, we ended up winning that event, and it was just an amazing feeling because regardless of what, everything that, that uh, I was going through or other individuals in the team were going through, we were still able to end up on top. We were still to, able to end up on top uh, and, and be called world champions of this event. 
uh, we were so pumped up, man. We were so excited. I remember um, when that event finished, um, I almost told my wife and uh, Jeremy and a few friends, I said, I might need to go to the hospital because I couldn't feel my leg. And it was hurting so bad, but I was just so happy. Uh, I'm telling you, I was an emotional wreck. I was like, oh, man, this is very painful. But then we won. Let's go celebrate. So I kind of fought the idea of going to the hospital because it just felt so good to win. And it felt so good to win because of everything that I was going through. Uh, it was just an amazing feeling. And that helped me overcome a lot of things. But I remember traveling home. Um, as soon as I came, I, as soon as I came home, um, I didn't even come home. I, I went straight to my mom's house, and uh, she was she already was in bed. She had a uh, hospice care at the time, and uh, I go out there and I start showing her the freestyle session uh, sh- uh, championship ring. Shout out to Cross One. I start showing her the ring, and uh, I was just so pumped up and and. and you know, she was smiling and I was telling her like, we won, you know, we won. I lost the last one, but we came back and we won this one. And, and she was excited uh, for us. And I told her that I said, Hey, I'm going to go home, get with the family and shower up and then I'll come back and I'll bring you some food. So when I left and I drove off, um, and I was already kind of near home. Uh, one of my brothers calls me and says, Hey, you need to come back. It's the day I arrived back from LA from winning this major competition. Um, My mom passed away. I mean, um, in front of all of us, it was tough. I'm telling you, this crazy, emotional roller coaster crazy life experiences, life obstacles uh, that, you know, that just kept coming. And um, one thing that I've learned through all this is that they're going to keep coming. They're going to keep coming. Life is a beautiful thing, but it's also a very delicate thing. Learn how to navigate home. Learn how to believe in the things or the people that you call home. I recently shared a quote that, you know, home isn't a place where you sleep. It's a place where you can breathe comfortably. Go to those places that give you breath, that give you life. Because those are the places that help us get to the top. If you're climbing a mountain out of breath, it's going to be hard for you to make it. But if you always find a way to catch a little bit of breath, you always end up on top. And I wanted to dive in kind of deep into these topics because, you know, everybody sees all these amazing things on Instagram and YouTube and social media and all of the above. But you never know the stories behind what people are going through. You never know. And... In the midst of maybe all the success of what people saw within my personal life, I was dealing with so much, so much. And trust me, you guys heard, you know, just the, the main part of the juice of, of, of everything that I've been through. You know, like you just heard just pieces of it because I could talk about this forever. 
But in the midst of all those things, I was always hyper-focused on the good and the things that would, that I know that would help me accomplish the things that I love and the things that I was set out to do. So with that being said, I'm going to close this podcast out here, guys, is to, is to hyper-focus on the things that you love, the things that you call home. Trust in it. Trust in it. Believe in it. You don't need everybody to love you. But if the people at home love you, trust in them. And if the people at home don't love you, find a new home. And if there are things that you consider home, trust in those things. If there's surrounding people, trust in those people. Don't trust everybody, but trust home. Trust me on that. It's going to help you so much. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, I know today was super emotional, super emotional. Um, you know, when it comes to these type of topics, uh, you know, if it brings tears to my eyes or breaks my voice, um, it comes from a place of happiness because, you know, there was so much sadness through this journey, but, you know, we can smile today. And uh, that's the beauty about what I want to do with this podcast. And I want to be able to connect with you guys. So I appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, stay tuned for the next one. Peace, y'all.